the grand finale We coming through with the Madden family And only the baddest athletes gonna survive When you see four or five of my guys Piling up on top of you in front of your eyes Feel the impact, dual shock starts to kick back And yo, it's Madden 2001 You need to get that And feel like you in the game playing for real It's like royalty, so nil It's like hot one, hot two NFL fans, welcome to another edition of This Week in the NFL here on the North-South Connection Podcast Network. I'm your host, the Cowboy, joined by the very consistent three-man booth, first and foremost, Cowboy Senior. Hey, big time. Great weekend of football coming up and a pretty big night for the three-man booth Saturday night at America's, America, the world's most famous arena. Can't wait. It's just going to be an awesome weekend. Fired up here. Before we pass it to John, did you want to say anything negative about the Colts? <laughs> it's, a, it's impossible to even say it. It's so bad. <laughs> and Mr. John D'Amato. John, how's it going? Uh, excellent. I, I have another exclusive. I heard that a senior turned down the, the Colts uh, job uh, before uh, just Saturday. <laughs> I, I don't know senior with tight white say too, but Jesus. They gave it to, they, they asked the more qualified candidate first. And when senior turned them down, they went with, uh, they went with Jeff Saturday. That's right. Senior remembers the, the you know, those times of that bitter rivalry when the, when the Colts uh, tried to claim, you know, they were cheating and they, they got the rules changed because uh, the defense was a little too hard on Peyton and senior holds grudges like nobody else. You know, you know. <laughs> Some things you just can't forget. <laughs> By all accounts, Jeff Saturday, a great guy. So kind of a tough situation where he's kind of universally being uh, throttled here. It's not really his fault. I mean, any one of us would take in that job probably, right? If they, if you got the phone call, experience be damned. Man, that's a, it's a tough takeover right now, but yeah, good luck to him. I liked him on TV. I'm going to kind of miss him. He, was, he did a nice job. That's true. That's true. So, you know, the thing came out, Schefter tweeted it, which was interesting that one of the first things they need to figure out, they didn't have anyone on the whole staff who had ever called an NFL play. <laughs> well, Stuff. Did they run any plays last week? Not many. <laughs> Not many. The Patriots really didn't play all that well, and it was just a uh, the poor Colts with uh, the, the rookie quarterback were very much just stuck in, you know, I would say reverse because neutral would probably be giving that offense too much credit for that performance in that game. But the Pats moved to five and four by week this week. Big old game week 11 against the team we'll talk about next. Your New York Jets. So I'll, you know, we, we, we like to admit when we're wrong here on this show and, um, I thought the Bills would win this game 50 to zero. I said Bills by a million. And the Jets came out and deep defensively played an excellent game. It's one of those weird games where you're watching it and it's like one team's kind of a lot better than the other, but the score is close. And then lo and behold, the Jets win the game. And Josh Allen, a little banged up coming out of the game. Senior, what were your takeaways from, from, from Jets-Bills? Well, the thing that I think was the the biggest key to their win, you know, everybody's talking about the secondary play and everything, you know, the sauce interception and 
everything else that they did defensively, which is very impressive. Don't get me wrong. But I think the big key to them winning the game was that the way they were able to run the ball on the Bills defense, they may have uh, exposed a little uh, flaw in the Bills. Basically, a lot of games, the Bills get ahead of teams and teams kind of have to abandon the run. And their defense is really good against the pass. They have a really good pass rush, good secondary. But uh, maybe we got a little blueprint now, but you got to be able to execute it. But I didn't think that the Jets had that in their running game without Brees Hall. So that made it all the more impressive. I really think that was the key to the game. And if next week when we're analyzing Patriots-Jets, I'm going to say that the game plan is very obvious for us defensively. Stop the run and force Zach Wilson to beat you. And you can beat the Jets. But you can't let them just run on you like they did to the Bills Sunday. It'll be a very similar game plan for the Jets in, in that game. But Carter and Robinson are both good. Are both good backs they're maybe not as dynamic as hall but it's not you know it's not a a horrible tandem by any stretch and john the other thing that i think wins them that game is if going into that game i said one quarterback's going to give it up and the other one's going to play a clean game you could have gotten pretty good odds that Allen was the one who gave it up and zach wilson didn't ask him to do too much but no, none of those big mistakes that have been plaguing him the previous weeks. Yeah, those were uh, game-changing interceptions by uh, by by one of the top quarterbacks, who uh, either because of his injury or because of the overwhelming uh, Jets defense. And uh, you got to give it up for them. Now, uh, everybody's recognizing that it's one of the uh, you know top five, top three, uh, one of the top defenses in the league. However, you want to rank it. But uh, also, as uh, to, to second what Senior said, uh, uh, great job by their uh, by their running game and uh, and fixing uh, their offensive line, which uh, was in the uh, bottom five. Uh, you know, uh, you know those first few games uh, really struggling, and uh, they they still kind of struggle with the pass protection. But uh, as far as running, they they're, they're, they're squared away where their offensive line is, you know, respectable. Uh, right now average group so if they take a shore off their pass block and then get their offense together the Jets could be a real contender I just love watching their defense Quentin Williams and Sauce Gardner probably contend you know top five contenders for defensive player of the year right now and they're gonna have three or four guys all pro and they're just a great job by their by their defense and and that may uh that may that may work against them in the in the off season when these uh, coaching jobs open up. Their uh, their defensive coordinator might might get a few uh, interviews. Uh, Olbrich. So. And we have far and away game of the week this week, and it's kind of a tough one to make a prediction on because we as a, we're we're recording this around eight o'clock Thursday night. At this point, Allen hasn't practiced. He certainly probably doesn't need to practice to play, but you do have the Vikings at seven and one going to Buffalo, the Vikings coming off another kind of a nail biter against the commanders. The commanders played a good game, but the Vikings, the Vikings got it done. You like that. We like that. You like that. But with, with Allen, I think it's a, you know, you gotta, you really gotta like Buffalo with Case Keenum. All bets are off, right? I mean, Case Keenum's the starter of the Vikings, really should win this game, right, Senior? 
Well, yeah, you, you should you should be able to say that. But I mean, the rest of the Bills team is good. And it's not like the Vikings are blowing anybody out. You know, like the commanders, everybody plays them tough. So I'm sure even with Case Keenum, the Bills can play them tough. And at that point, anybody could win the game. I mean, the Vikings seven and one record. We've all, you know, we've all been saying we're not that impressed by him. But I mean, after a while, you keep winning every game. There is something to it, I guess. But I, I think the way things look now, it's. I think it's all pointing to that Allen's not playing. I think that's the biggest story in the NFL is how bad, how bad that injury is. I mean, if it's bad and they end up losing him, all of a sudden the team that's been called the best team in football all season long to this point probably isn't going to. I mean, probably. They're not going to win the Super Bowl without Josh Allen, you know. So, that's, yeah, that's I mean, from what you're reading, story. from what you're reading, it's not like anything season-ending or any or anything like that. That he's, yeah. he's going to play. He's going to try to play through it, basically. And I mean, if it's like a pain tolerance thing, that's the guy you want because he might be the toughest guy in the, in the whole NFL. He's a tough, tough kid. Um, but I, I think he could miss this week, so I'll make the easy call and say if Allen plays, I like the Bills. If it's Case Keenum, I think the Vikings go to eight and one. What do you think, John? Nah, I'm, I'm going uh, the Bills all the way to bounce back, uh, even with Keenum, who's you know one of the better backups in, in the league for as long as you don't got to play him more than three, four games, uh, they can win with Keenum. And uh, yeah, yeah, the Vikings got to prove it to me. Uh, Taylor Heineke kind of handed them that game on a, on a silver platter with that last in- interception. Uh, they, otherwise uh, they, they might not have got the ball back for, uh, for cousins to, to say you like that. So, uh, well, we're going to see what the Vikings are made of, even though they got a comfortable uh, position. Uh, you got, got bills uh, this week, Cowboys, uh, a certain team on Thanksgiving. Uh, that's pretty good. And uh, the jets. So, uh, but, but with the way that division, they could go one and three in those games and still have a comfortable uh, lead. So I'm, I'm not convinced too much on the Vikings, but as, as far as Allen, uh, that injury kind of, kind of seemed to, to come and go like, like some of those passes were awful. And, and you saw he was holding his, his arm, but, but you saw in that last pass of the game, he threw it like 75 yards oh. in the air. I mean, it hit, it hit Dave, Davis should have caught it, hit him right, right between yeah, the, right between the numbers. God knows right on him too. So it, it was tough, but yeah, but you saw that pass. So he, it's obviously a, not, not a, a devastating injury. I don't think it's something that's going to keep him, you know, out for the year. It might be just, uh, might be just this week or so. All right. But so I, John, you like the bills either way. Yeah. Yeah. And senior. Yeah, I agree with John. I think this, I, I like the Bills also on the basis of their defense. I don't think they get run all over by the Vikings. And this is a game that's going to kind of be in the limelight. And <laughs> I just got the feeling that the bright lights on, this might be the game that the bright lights on Kirk and with the Bills pass defense that he throws a couple of key picks and the, and the Bills win the game. I, I go with the Bills either way. And yeah, it's certainly in the realm. To be Allen. Certainly in Keenum. All right, all right. So that's the marquee game. There's not 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 a great schedule this week, which has been well, kind of par, kind of par for the course. This week may be a little worse than others. But the next game I want to talk about is darlings of the podcast. We have the Seattle Seahawks. Um, go go to Arizona. Again, find a way, find a find a way to win a game. The Cardinals are are in 
in disarray. It's a very Kingsbury-esque <laughs> type of game. Um, what I did like, again, from Gino, was after the pick six, kind of dusting himself off and, and playing a great game after that. A lot of balance on offense for the Seahawks. And it's starting, folks are starting to come around and give them the, the credit that I think they deserve at six and three. They're a very good team. They traveled to Tampa, who played in, frankly, until the last 50 seconds, one of the worst games I've ever watched. Uh, it was, they're going I, to Germany, actually. They're not going to Tampa. No, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They are going to Germany. It's a little. It's a couple of miles away from Tampa. <laughs> it is. It is. I'm sorry. I saw the box listed second, John. Even 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 the cowboy makes mistakes. But, uh, uh, a polite correction, but yeah, because only because it's 9:30. It's uh, it's the morning game. Live from Just, Hamburg. Live from Hamburg. But Buccaneers Rams looked like a marquee matchup at the beginning of the year, and I mean, really, really ugly. The Rams are a total mess, and still should have won the game. Uh, Brady, great final drive, really. And I think Collinsworth was doing the game. And when the Bucks got the ball back, he said, you know, this guy's done this. This is the guy you want. And I, I think, like, nationally, there was just a collective eye roll of, are they even going to get a first down? Never mind win the game. But the Rams, the Rams did the old play them loose kind of defense and just like let them march right down the field like a like a stupid defense and Brady that that play he hit to Kate Otten was like very similar to that you know he he, he's the king of like that little out pattern to the (laughs) to the receiver near the goal line and and great win for them there's a part of me that says, did that turn it around for Tampa? They're in first place in that horrible division. Did that, what do you, did that turn their season around, John, or do you expect the the Bucks to come out? Same old Bucks. If it's the same old Bucks that played the first three quarters and 14 minutes of that game, the Seahawks are going to beat them. Or do you think, do you think that maybe they got a little bit of their mojo back with that last drive? Yeah, that's a that's a tough call, but yeah, especially with Brady, uh, you, you got to think that that's a that that might spur them uh, to 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 pull uh, to pull that one out of their out of their ass. Uh, just a just a horrible job by the Rams, and and of course Jalen Ramsey, uh, you know, throwing the offense under the bus when uh, <laughs> when actually on the uh, on the possession before the fourth down, Brady threw it right in his numbers and. So, so if he would have caught it, they they could have had the ball at the twenty. Maybe gave he maybe maybe gave his offense a little more room to uh, you know, to make a play and try for and make a bit of try for a first down instead of getting pinned down. But, but but that's that's uh, uh that's irregardless. Uh, it's, it's still a masterful job by Brady. Got to give him credit. And yeah, if if that don't spur them on to to a winning streak or you know to, to take control of this crappy division, then then, then nothing will. So. Uh, and and also uh, yeah, give credit to Seattle because uh, when you mentioned that pick, when Gino threw that pick, you, you figure, oh, here's uh, you know, Gino's going to revert back to, to to what he is, and uh, and and Seattle's going to start falling apart. But all, all he did was he he got the ball back and and he drove it right down. You know, a lack of uh, Arizona defense, he got a break because uh, Lockett 
like shoved the Buda Baker into the stands. And, it was uh, an ugly, ugly it. offensive yeah. interference that wasn't yeah. called Lockett even like, admit, admitted to it on Twitter, which yeah. was pretty, pretty funny. But of course, the soft uh, Cardinals, you know, they, they just used that as an excuse and uh, just a total, uh, you know, not not a tough team at home at home with with, with no leadership. Uh, they have the uh, in season hard knocks uh, the first episode and uh, and and before the game, uh, Kingsbury k- k- kind of stole uh, everything I said uh, last week. That you know, even though uh, Arizona was off to a rough start at, at three and five, they could save their season because they got the the three the big division games and they could still take over the division uh, if they play their best football. And he he kind of gave that same speech and had a. It didn't have much of an effect. Uh, they just uh, they, they just folded after the even after you figure that big play would spur them on in their home, the big pick six. But uh, uh, Gino hung tough and drove them right down. And and, and it's just uh, Seattle's a better team, so we got to start giving them credit. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your what's the pick, John? Uh, with that, I'm I'm just gonna make one last guess, but the, that Brady keeps his role on and uh, and, and gives the Germans. Uh, his best performance and, uh, and, and the bucks are going to pull out a close one. Senior. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta like what you saw from the Seahawks again. And then it's both sides of the ball too. I mean, let's face it, you know, even early this season and dating back to last year, you know, the, the Legion of boom was be, being called Legion of room and all these things. Right? Their defense was a joke. Well, their defense is playing well. We, they seem to be getting better every week, and I like I like their offense. Everybody speaks about how well Geno's playing, and also the running game with Kenneth Walker is devastating. And it seems like it's the kind of uh, thing where they wear a team down, and then Walker always breaks big runs in the fourth quarter. He really tends to get a lot of his yardage then, where they've worn the other defense down. I like the formula. I like the way they're playing. I agree that maybe, you know, you saw Tom running off the field, pumping to the crowd and hugging people and everything else. Like maybe they're going to get some juice from that, but it's not, I don't think that that one drive of about four or five passes is enough to make me believe that they're, they're going to beat Seattle. I'll say what I said last week about the uh, Arizona game. You got one team's the better team, and Seattle's clearly to me the better team. And I don't care where the game's being played; it's in Hamburg. I, it's actually Munich. I looked it up. Okay, Munich, one of those German cities. Yeah. They can play it. You know, they all failed geography. They get the Oktoberfest stuff going in November. We, we, were, we were from Tampa to Hamburg to Munich. Munich, all right. So. <laughs> Wherever it is. At least know, we know it's on 930. On That's Mars. all we know. All, all we know is what time it's on and what channel it's on. That's yep, Seahawks. <laughs> so I'm, I'm Seahawks all the way. I think Seahawks are just a better team. All right. Yeah. And I will go. So I, I do think that that drive is going to give Tampa Bay a boost. I think I think it, I think it is the kind of it, it was the kind of um, dramatic moment that it could be a, a kind of turn their season around with that said in that division, if they get to eight wins, it's probably, it probably wins the division. Um, I think they're going to come out and play a good game, but like you senior, I think the Seahawks are just a better team. And I think it'll be a little more high scoring than your average bucks slop fest. But I do like, I like, I like Seattle. 
I like Seattle in the game as well, in a, in a little bit of a high-scoring game. Oh, wow. I'm on Brady Island. There you go. Hey, here's an interesting thought. Okay, if if Cowboy and I get this right and Seattle wins, if Phillip and the boys, in the face of Hurricane Nicole tonight in Carolina, can beat Atlanta, at 3-7, and seven, they'll be one game out of first place. <laughs> and the, the team that gets, everybody thought gave up on their season, <laughs> they traded Christian McCaffrey, be knocking on the door to taking over that division. Man, I mean, they have that game they gave away. Yeah. That yeah, kicker they, they, gave away, really. But that was, what, 37-34? Correct. I mean, and that was 11 days ago. Well, it's the two same teams, but in the conditions that we're hearing about what that it's going to be tonight. It's probably going to be not so high scoring. Yeah, I completely agree. I wouldn't even consider kicking a field goal <laughs> if I was them in this weather. And then as far as marquee games go, I think we just covered it. Um, another interesting one, though, we have two two teams with winning records. The Chargers um, coming off a victory. Oh, my God. Like over the Falcons. Dicker, the kicker, gets it done, kicks the field goal. So that that's like generally a game that the the Chargers lose. Um, again, not not super impressive. Like just saying that, not so. that play with the Chargers and Falcons. That's uh, a <laughs> that, that that that's that just shows the state of both franchises and, and the team's history. That, you that, take that, it. That, no, you take it. No, you take it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. They may have lost, but the play I'm going to remember most from that game, as soon as we talked about the game, the play flashed in my mind, was Cordero Patterson leveling that guy on yeah, that touchdown. Yeah, the guy over. Yeah. That, was, that was a manly run if yep. there ever was one. He's a tough dude. They should have, He should have been a running back from the beginning. Um, and then the Niners coming off a bye. Right with uh, coming off the big McCaffrey game and the win, the Niners seven point favorites at home. Senior, I believe this is your Super Bowl preview, if I'm yes, not mistaken. Yeah, before um, both both teams got devastated by injuries, but yeah, that was my Super Bowl picks. Sunday night football, most likely the Chargers are going to be without both both their starting wide receivers again, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen in San Francisco. Coming off the bye, I really don't believe in this Chargers team because I I think the Niners are you know maybe a little overrated too, but I really really don't believe in this Chargers team, especially without those guys. That even with the injuries to the Niners, I just think offensively they just have too much. They have they they have too too much for the Chargers in this game. Herbert doesn't have the weapons for a shootout, right? So you know they're going to give up points. I don't think they're going to be able to keep pace. So I like the the Niners relatively comfortably. Senior. Yeah, well, you know, you talk about the, the 49ers injuries. I think I think right now they're healthier than the Chargers. The Chargers still have the two big injuries on the offensive line. I mean, I've been, I watched them again, and Herbert's got no time to throw the ball and no receivers to throw it to. You know, the fact that um, the, the, the wide receivers are – He's got like the lowest yards per completion or something in the league because there's no time for anything to develop. He's under the gun all the time. Eckler has been putting up numbers, but none of it's running because there's no offensive line. It's all 
he's dump catching offs. A lot of little dumps because that's all that's all he has time to do. And, and really, and, and not only does does it, is it a bad offensive line? I mean, the receiving core is awful. And Josh Palmer and whatever. Carter. I mean, yeah, I mean DeAndre Carter. I mean they're they're guys that would be number fours, you know, and that's the best he's got. And this is a recipe for disaster. I think going against this, I, the 49ers coming off a bye week. I know they they had a they had a cornerback yesterday um, tear his ACL in practice, done for the season. So that's that's just another. And, and Debo Samuel is coming but, back, but their front seven is going to do a job on on that Charger off and on that Charger offensive line. I feel bad for Herbert in this game. And yeah, you got Debo. You, you look at your weapons, and this is a team that can't stop the run. You got Christian McCaffrey, Debo. You got George Kittle there still. That helps the offensive line. Not only helps the passing game. You got IU. They have all the weapons. Jimmy G's got it all at his disposal. I, I think this could be an ugly one. And and as much as we're praising the Seahawks, and as good as I think they're playing, I still think San Francisco wins that division. Well, if the Seahawks don't lose the rest of the way. Well, that's it's, it's already it's already over. They, they must be playing each other. They didn't play each other twice yet, right? No, no. San Francisco whacked them when they. Yeah, played. yeah. And it could be a. That's right. And it could be a hell of a game the second time. So, but yeah, I, I I still really like the 49ers. I really like their defense, and the addition of McCaffrey. Really, you got two guys with so two maybe the two most the most versatile running back and the most versatile wide receiver in the league. It's a real real interesting offense. It's going to be fun to watch the two of them together. Looking forward to that. John, clean sweep? Yeah. I, I like, uh, I, I would just repeat a, a lot of what Senior said uh, is how I'm thinking. Uh, for 49ers rested, come off the bye, they, they get to work McCaffrey uh, in, into some plays, even though I don't know how much better he could play than the last game where, you know, threw court and, uh, and ran for one. But uh, they'll, they'll be even more dangerous and uh, – the, the schedule kind of lightens up that that second half. Uh, I, I would still, uh, if I was a betting man, I would still look for them to take over that, uh, take over that division with, with, with Seattle, and uh, it, it'll probably come to that game, and uh, and they're probably gonna they're gonna roll over the the Cardinals when when they get the two games uh, versus the Cardinals. So um, I, I I like the 49ers to, to to take it. All right, and so it's. That's that's about it as far as you know, like good games. I guess the next to me the next most interesting game is one o'clock, Browns at Miami. The Browns coming off a very 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 impressive um, victory over the Bengals. Right, they were on their bye last week. Yeah. And so great way to go into the bye, Miami. Miami's really shaping up as a, you know, great offense, just zero defense team to me. Their defense, their defense is bad. Their offense is, is, is those two receivers are amazing. And Tua for, for his warts is, is really running that offense. Well, like they're, they've done a great job of building that offense around him. With that said, I think the Browns are kind of on paper, not a good matchup. For the Dolphins in that, you know, the Browns are going to want to pound the rock. And I, I don't see the Dolphins being able to stop them. 
Um, so I, 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 I see a game here where Cleveland, you know, could be one of those games where there's like 40 carries combined for, for the Browns. They keep Miami off the field and they, they win. They win with their, with their running game. Um, when Miami has the ball, you know, they're good. They're going to, they're going to be tough to stop. Um, the Browns, their real Achilles heel on defense is, is the run, which is, which is better if you're playing, <laughs> if you're playing Miami. So just on paper, I think it's not a great matchup for the Dolphins. I think, I think, I don't, I think the Dolphins are kind of a phony six and three. I don't, I, 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 I don't like a team that just literally just can't stop anybody. So Brown Browns by three, Nick Chubb, 180 yards, John. Hmm. I think, uh, I think they were just overwhelmed by fields. Uh, it, it, it wasn't so much the uh, the the running backs. Uh, I, I don't think Miami is uh, that horrific on, on defense. I, I think they just had no uh, they had no game plan for Fields, which uh, and, and and they're not the only team. I, I mean, Fields is quite, quite a lot of the, the Bears have really found something uh, in these past few games. Uh, where where it's to the point where I think at the beginning of the year they were they were like uh, you know Fields was kind of like the lame duck quarterback and they were going to move on from him but now they they're all in on him uh, with this uh, with this offense uh, gets the uh, the offensive coordinator they really got something going on with, with Fields is running so I think they just caught Miami by su- surprise Miami took them a little for granted so they made that game close but uh, I, I I would uh, look for Miami to to, to get by uh, Cleveland at home. See, I point to like the week before Detroit just lit up the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. They did. Yeah. The the Jets put up 40 against the Dolphins earlier this year. The the Baltimore 38, that was a win for the Dolphins. But I mean, the to me their their defense, I mean, they looked good against the Steelers, which <laughs> you know, me and me and you could go out there and hold hold the Steelers under 20. Senior, break the tie. Yeah, oh, I'm 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 gonna go with Miami just because I believe so much in their offense that they'll just outscore them. And they're just a hard, hard offense to deal with. Nobody's figured out how to deal with them yet. And uh, it was good to hear John mention the Bears. It's, you know me who wrecked on the Bears all the time, but I was always a Justin Fields fan right back from. As you remember, me telling you, Raj, don't ever miss a college game when he played before that season even start. His senior year even started. He's he's must see TV. He's he's incredible, isn't he? Um, so that that should be another game we touch on. That could that could be a real shootout, the Bears and Lions. It's an awful game, though. <laughs> well, if you like offense, it's be a fun game to watch. It that's probably. true. That's true. Nah, you too. I mean, some of the plays Fields made were unbelievable. I mean. We're all talking about how, you know, the 178 yards rushing in that one long run where when he, him running, it's a, it's a little different than watching like Lamar and Kyler run where they're so elusive. He's got that incredible straight line speed. <laughs> Once he gets going, he, he can outrun anybody. And he's big and strong, too. And But he also threw three touchdown passes. I mean, it's not just running. He's He's turning into that complete package at quarterback and they're designing the offense well about around them. And, you know, you talked, remember you talked earlier in the year about teams that are uh, prime time. And right now you said, because, you know, they put, they're putting teams that don't score points on Thursday nights and it's no fun. Well, now the bears are kind of fun. 
you know, just because. Oh, definitely. Him, I mean, he, him, if they were on tonight, you'd, you'd, you'd be tuned in big time, you know? If I was a Bears fan, I would be thrilled because the biggest, the biggest key to success in the NFL is hitting on that quarterback, right? And we see teams miss and miss and miss. And it's only, I mean, it's only about a four game sample, but we've been saying it on here that it's, it seems to have clicked for him and the game seems to have slowed down and a lot of it's with his legs, but to your point, senior, it's not all with his legs. He's uh, the threat of his legs has the receivers open. Um, I like the chase Claypool addition for them. They gave up a bit to get him, but like when you have this quarterback, you got to give him weapons. They have a good two-headed running back. Their defense is awful, and they traded those like their best defensive players. But like the future's bright in Chicago, and yeah, while yeah. we're making a pick, that I mean they're going to beat the Lions. I, I mean the Lions are awful. Yeah, probably be a high, very high-scoring game. But yeah, yeah, I would like the Bears to beat them too. I agree. Hey, another thing we we didn't talk about. Maybe I'm segueing for you a little too much, but. No problem, senior. Okay, when we touched on last week's game, the game that ended up being the game of the week, as as it was predicted to be. <laughs> How about to talk about you know we talked about Brady's drive. How about the game time drive when they were down seventeen nine by Pat Mahomes, the run on third and nineteen that he that he that that was unbelievable. What a clutch play! And then the touchdown run. What was that about? Another twenty yard run. Pat doing it with his legs. He's oh, a, he, he is amazing, isn't he? He was incredible. I mean, he's the best. He's he was amazing in the game. But what did Mahomes say? They had no running game at all. He threw the ball like 68 times or something. <laughs> if you, I think if you locked every GM in the league in a, in a room and said, you know, I can give you one guy, yep. <laughs> that's the guy, right? As good as Allen is, Mahomes, Mahomes is the guy. He, he's, yeah. he's amazing. But uh, one thing that, that stuck, stuck, stuck out about that game to me it was a great comeback victory for the Chiefs. But the Titans are for real. They're not they're not pretenders oh, yeah. to, to to hang to, to to basically win that game for three and a half quarters with without being able to throw. I mean, they really like couldn't throw is is impressive their defense which has been a little bit maligned played a, as 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 great as Mahomes as Mahomes was you could still say the Titans defense played a great game i mean yeah, the offense came off the chance after board. chance after chance and yeah the the the, the, tit- the Titans are, are are a real team and i think are are pretty clearly the best team in that division yeah if Tannehill plays they win that game he makes even though he's nothing special but he makes a couple extra plays and and Willis looks like he could i mean you know, uh, he just needs to develop, but I mean, he's just very clearly not ready as yeah. a passer, right? I mean, taking bad sacks and like they obviously don't trust him to throw, but like Henry is just the great equalizer in that the whole the whole place knows that's what you're going to do. Ten guys in the box and it just doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. the, the whole twenty that, that defense is that they they play well versus the Chiefs. Yeah, the big question that people have been asking may have been answered. You know, the AFC, it's a two-horse race. It's Kansas City and Buffalo. If there's anybody else who can challenge, who is it? I guess right now you've got to say it's the Titans. Yeah, I mean, I think like, like, yeah, and I mean, even like the Jets and the Patriots on the right day, I think can can play with those teams because of the because of their defense. And Baltimore. Baltimore doesn't get any credit, but they're very good. They're nah, very good. 
I would definitely throw the Ravens in there. If, uh, when you guys get a chance, take a look at their uh, second half uh, schedule. It is, yeah. uh, it is ridiculously cake. Uh, the, the, we're looking at a, an easy uh, 12 and five, uh, 11 and six for the, for the Ravens. Uh, looking at that schedule, second half, uh, it's a lot of cake on there. So we did bring up the Lions and we'd be remiss not to just talk a little bit about the Packers. Given, um, <laughs> I mean, A N I C. So I mean, they they they're just bad. I mean, and Rogers just played a bad game in that game. I mean, that was that was that was not. You didn't have any open receivers. That was interceptions in the red zone and underthrowing guys like. You know they're they're just a mess to the point that we haven't even talked. I, I I'm sure when Fox saw this game on the schedule, Packers uh cow, Cowboys going to Lambo, they didn't think the game would just be a total joke of a game. But I mean the way the Packers are playing, I mean it's it's tough to see them hanging at all with the Cowboys, right? Like I mean the Cowboys should pretty much blow them out. You know the Cowboy defense should have a field day. <laughs> they only scored nine against the Lions. It's the worst yeah, defense in the I mean, NFL. That, yeah, I mean, it, that, that offense is terrible. And, and he can't just keep pointing fingers at everybody else because all, in that game, let's face it, a lot of it was right on him. I mean, those were awful throws. But even in, in the post-game interview, when they asked him about the, the interceptions, the one that he, was, the one that he threw to, the, to Bakhtiari, he said, oh, well, I, I got to run the play that comes that gets brought in. It, if he would have thrown the ball higher and over over Hendrickson's, what is what not him? Uh, what's his name? The, the linebacker who picked it. Oh, man, he's their best defense. Hutchinson. Player. Yeah, Hutchinson. Yeah. Hutchinson. Yeah. The rookie. If, yeah, if he would have just put a little loft on the ball and throw it, it was just way underthrown. I mean, Bakhtiari was open. It was a terrible throw. And. And you know, I I question him as a leader. You know, you a good leader doesn't doesn't. He's been how how many weeks now has he been pointing fingers? And even in it, when he's that awful, he didn't take responsibility. It's a, he's a real easy guy to dislike. Yeah, no no accountability. Talented as he always was. It, it just happens, right? Where guys lose it, and I mean, it really seems like he maybe maybe is just done, which is crazy, right? Yeah, in the MVP the last two years. They gave him all this money, but I mean, they're just such a mess that like you think about like the great quarterbacks, right? Like Brady and guys like that. It didn't matter in Rogers, frankly, it didn't really matter who you put around them. Somebody, you know, they would, they would make it work. And at best now he's a guy who definitely needs studs around him to succeed. Um, and at worst, it might not matter. He might just, you know, game game manager kind of. Yeah, I mean, you took Tyreek Hill, obviously. I am. I mean, you could make an argument that he's the best receiver in football with what he's doing going to another team away from Mahomes, and Mahomes' numbers don't even change a little bit. Everything's yeah, I same. mean, Mahomes does have better weapons. They're like Kelsey. Oh, but, but still, you'd think that there would have been a little bit of a drop-off when you lose Tyreek Hill. Right. He has Kelsey, but his his wide receiving core, there's no one special there at all. Agreed. There's, there's not a number one in that wide receiving. No, court. I mean Rogers would. I mean, to be fair, I mean Juju Smith-Schuster's like considerably better than anyone. <laughs> the Packers receiving core is like this 
one of the worst maybe in NFL history. But at the same time, you like, I mean, their their offense is like they've fallen off a cliff, obviously. So I guess are we all going to pick the Cowboys in that game, or John? Do you think uh, Green Bay's got some magic left? Nah, that's it, man. As as a matter of fact, you know, it'll be good that the Cowboys win. We can stop talking about the Packers. They're just going to be. You think Micah Parsons will have the cheese head on at the end of the game? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can guarantee it's going to be a nice nap because we're, we're going to be having a rough night uh, Saturday, a nice long night, and uh, got to get up early to watch the game from Germany. So that, that, a, a nice mid-afternoon, uh, late-afternoon nap uh, during that game. As, as crazy as it is, the Patriots' loss in Lambeau is a bad loss. That's an <laughs> awful loss. <laughs> right, and then as far as exciting games i think i think we may have hit them all here um nobody thinks the jags are gonna beat the chiefs in in arrowhead uh, they, they won last week uh, come on man. Two, two games in a row for the jags that's a little too much especially especially breast casey yeah and i mean it was again that was another another one of these you know the raiders lost you, you, that yeah, game you, yeah you take it no you take it <laughs> same kind of deal so let's run them down here. We have Lions, Bears. We've talked about Broncos, Titans. Could be interesting. Um, the Broncos got a little bit right in their last game. With all that said, I, everything we said about the Titans holds true here, where I don't think Russ is going to be able to cook the Broncos to a victory in Nashville. So I'll go with the Titans, Senior. Yeah, uh, Titans. John, let's ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go with the the Broncos. Uh, is uh is Tannehill's uh, back or uh, still Willis? Uh, it's I, um he's questionable. I think he I think he's gonna uh, play. Even with Tannehill, I think it, I'll go with the Broncos. All That's right. And then John, oh, I'm sorry, we should have talked about this game, but Giants. So the Texans coming off a game where they put up a fight where folks didn't really think they were going to put up a fight. They, uh, they had a nice performance against the Eagles, ultimately, ultimately in a defeat, but 29, 17 Damian Pierce does look, does look like the real deal. Um, going to New York, the giants coming off a bye. Eddie Pinheiro just doinked one in um, <laughs> the giants coming off a bye. If you're a contender, if you're a real, a real team, you win this game at home against the Texans. So I do think the Giants are a real team. So I am going to pick the Giants. John. Uh, I'm a little scared because now the Giants will be in an unfamiliar position this week and next week with the, the Texans this week, Lions next week, where they're, they're going to be favored and uh, they're, going to, they're going to be looked upon. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, the Giants took a loss during the bye week. One of their top defenders, uh, McKinney, uh, Busted up a couple fingers, ATV accident. Uh, I saw that. Yep. Yeah. Maybe that's a sign that, that things are going to go the, the other way uh, the second half, that the luck's going to run out. But uh, Pierce is, is kind of scary. It might be a little rainy. Uh, it might be a lengthy of a yard. It might be a yard game, uh, a quick game where Barkley and Pierce get a lot of carries. But uh, I, I think the Giants will, will pull it out. They'll probably make it to a two closer than it should be. Uh, not not much relaxation for the JAD, but uh, I look for the Giants to pull out a close one. All right. Then we have oh senior, I'm sorry. 
Uh, yeah, you can check off the sweep. Sorry, John. Amen. Uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. And we, I mean, the, the rest of the schedule is true slop, but we can go through it. Saints at Steelers. Oh, Saints. On. John. <laughs> uh, I'll go. I'll go Steelers. So hold your nose. Go Steelers. Senior. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton returning to Pittsburgh. Oh, bit of a house of horrors for him. Yeah. It's not a house of horrors for anybody anymore. Saints. It's All right. Big vote of confidence for the Saints is that the Steelers are terrible. Colts at Raiders. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Pretty pretty rough game. The Colts looked so bad last week. I don't think that I, the, the Raiders are like a team that just loves to give games away. But even even I just think the the the, the talent. I mean, the Raiders, if nothing else, usually at least score some points. And the Colts, I think, are going to have trouble doing that. So I'll go. I'll take the Raiders. That's more of a vote. That's more of a pick against the Colts. Senior. Uh, even, uh, even with the Raiders, I, I'm sure you saw it putting uh, Waller and Renfro on IR today. It's basically Di- Devontae Adams is the receiving core now. But the Colts are so bad. The Raiders I, the Raiders this season have blown two 17-0 leads and a 20 to nothing lead. So they get they usually get out of the gate and get ahead. And once they do, I I just don't see how this Colts team can come back even against anybody. And now with the new coaching staff and everything else, I mean, they're a mess. So, yeah, if the Raiders don't win this game, my God, that's just awful. So the, the, the thing you could see is Jonathan Taylor is back, should be back this week. And there is a world where the Colts can have one of those wins where they just don't really throw. Yeah, I don't see it. <laughs> and then Cardinals at Rams. Another tough, another tough one. I truly think the Rams are one of the worst teams in football. So as as much of a mess as the Cardinals are, I just I just think I think just they'll score more points than than um, Stafford and the Rams, which in a broken offense, the Cardinals for their warts. They 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 do have a decent offense. Um, the Rams do have a better defense than the Cardinals, but I don't know that the Rams can take advantage of it in their current state. It's a it's a toss up with them and the Colts, I think, for like just the worst offense in football. Cardinals on the road. Senior. Yeah, I I really don't. I I want I want to go along with you. Because honestly, if you look at the game, I, I could could see the Cardinals just scoring more points than the Rams. But I just can't pick them the way they're playing. And I just think somehow, somehow Kingsbury and the Cardinals lose a close game and the Rams win a close game against two teams. It's two teams going in the wrong direction. Somebody's got to win and I'll go with the Rams. All right, John, break the tie. It's a big yeah. one. Uh, the the Rams they they really just sold sold their souls for 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 that one Super Bowl and uh, that that that's all they got in them. I mean, they they every everything is just catching up with them where they had this you know give all their draft picks to to you know to get Ramsey and Stafford and uh, it's a good thing uh, even though they needed a, a lot of breaks to, just to get that one but uh, they're, they're definitely not not going to be no dynasty uh, for the Rams and uh, 
and and the the Cardinals to uh, maybe uh, Kingsbury's uh, last stand. Of the, my prediction is uh, that they'll both be having new coaches next year. McVay will take a TV job, and uh, Kingsbury will uh, go back to college. Uh, so we'll be looking at two new coaches uh, for these teams next year. But uh, I'll, I'll go with Arizona in a toss-up. All right. And last and not least, perfect season on the line on Monday Night Football with Taylor Heineke and the, and the Commanders heading to Philadelphia. Uh, the Commanders, they've been playing teams tough. The Eagles did not look great last week against oh, against the Texans. They do get the extra, you know, the, the mini buy with the Thursday night game. I'm going to pick the Eagles. I don't love it, I'll be honest. I, like, I, I think the Commanders will keep it close, and I think that there's – it wouldn't shock me if this is the this is the game the Eagles lose, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Eagles. I feel like I have to. Senior. The Commanders with their defense and they're really really scrappy. I like them, but I I don't see them going into Philadelphia and winning. But I do I agree with you that they will keep it close. I see the Eagles, kind of like 21-17 Eagles, close game, but the Eagles stay undefeated. All right, John. Nine and zero, and and then after that, they they got Indy and uh, Green Bay. So looking at eleven and zero. Eleven and zero. Yeah. Maybe they should play the backup quarterback in those games just to make it interesting. This is by far the toughest game of the three. No doubt about that. Yeah, the Commanders are, are scrappy though. Rivera is always going to have his team uh, respectable, but uh, the talent to win out. The Eagles will take it. All right. And so as promised, we uh, senior senior teased this last week. We're going to move from football over to mixed martial arts. We have the uh, big card at Madison Square Garden on Saturday, UFC 281, headlined by Israel Adesanya and Michelle Pereira for the middleweight title. Alex. (laughs) Alex Pereira. I said the wrong Pereira. I'm sorry. I'm sorry folks i've been corrected now by both uh, both senior and jo- and john on the podcast so par for the course but it's a great card the three of us will be there live along with our good friend bobby and we wanted to give you our our breakdown and predictions for the three the three main events because i mean there's one there's one official main event but there's really kind of three fights on the card that are that are that are main event level. So we have Israel Adesanya against Alex Pereira for the middleweight title. We have Carla Esparza against Wei Li Zhang for the strawweight title in the women's division. And then we have Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler in the uh, third co-feature for in a, in a big battle at lightweight. So let's start with Poirier Chandler and we Kind of have to go to senior for this one. Senior, for those who don't know, has a um, unhealthy love for both of these guys, so it's a tough one for him. But senior, yes, yes, I'm a huge fan of mixed martial arts, and these guys are my two favorites by far. Um, so it's it's going to be kind of hard for me because I don't want to see either guy lose. There's no way I'm predicting an, a finish because I don't want to see either guys get either guy gets finished. But I think it's going to be the fight of the year. These two guys always, always give you an exciting fight. They, they're both willing to just stand in the pocket and exchange. 
Dustin is is definitely a bit a better boxer. He might be the best pure boxer in the UFC, but Chandler's very willing to stand in the pocket and, and exchange blows with him. I see it as we're going to have a lot of exciting moments where they're just they're just banging away at each other. I see Dustin having a little bit of the edge on the feet. I think it's going to be a real, real narrow decision. And I'm picking the upset. I think I think the decision is razor close. And Chandler gets the win because he changes levels a number of times and executes a few takedowns and gets something done on the ground. Doesn't submit Dustin, but gets things done on the ground. He's a really good wrestler. Not that Dustin's bad. Dustin's a BJJ black belt. But it could this fight could go either way. The way I'm, my imagination has the entire Madison Square Garden crowd on its feet for about three or four minutes straight with the standing O after for both guys. Both guys hugging each other in the middle of the octagon, holding each other's hands up. They have extreme respect for each other. And they're going to give us a show that like you've never seen before. And Iron Mike gets a really close decision on the basis of he does a little bit on the ground on top of the striking. All right, senior. Thank you for the analysis. Um, I like Poirier in the fight. I think I think you're right, senior, that Chandler's path to victory is through um, superior wrestling and top control. I don't think he's going to try to do it. I think is and the, I think he knows he knows that his you know the reason he's so popular, right? Like if you look at his record, like his you know who he's fought and who he's lost to, like it's not the the world's most you know, it's not the not the world's best record, right? But he is all action, right? And you saw against Justin Gaethje, he just stood there, right? He stood he stood up, and he he knows that the key the key to the green <laughs> in the UFC is to be one of these all action guys. And I think he's I I think that he is going to go in there and try to knock Poirier out. And I think that. Like you said, senior, that Poirier is the superior striker. I think Poirier has the better chin, and I think I think it ends with Chandler getting knocked out in the second round. Um, Chandler, Chan, Paul Poirier by second round knockout. They they do like each other. They're both real classy, so there won't be any any BS. But Poirier over Chandler, second round knockout. John, can I just can I just chime in quick one time? I just sure. want to comment sure. on something that you said. I don't mean to steal your thunder, John. We'll give you all the time you need. Um, what something that DC has said, DC Daniel Cormier, is that what you said about Chandler being part, knowing why he's popular, and he he's only had four fights in the UFC. I mean, he had a big career in Bellator before he was a Bellator champion. And he said when he came into the UFC, those first few fights, what you want to do is you want to gain the respect of the fans and you want to gain the respect of your peers. And that's why he he fought that way. That was his whole goal. And he's already accomplished that. Now everyone's going to respect him no matter what he does. And now he only has one thought in mind, and it's what's the best way to win the fight. And he, now you go out there and go all out to win. So it's just a little calm. All right. John, um, 
I'm going to go with uh, Senior Chandler by a close decision, uh, based on the fact that uh, he, he's going to be a little more sharp. He's, he, his last fight was in May, and uh, Poirier hasn't fought all year. Is, uh, right, his last fight I, I think was last December uh, when he lost to Oliveira. So, uh, as the uh, as the more sharper fighter, I'll go with uh, Chandler and uh, Senior. All right, should be it should be a great scrap. Uh, the co-main. Carla Esparza, the champion against Wei Li Zhang. And Esparza won the title in a, you know, really horrible, unwatchable fight against Rose Yama Yunus. Uh, Carla is a is a wrestler, and they had fought before, and she had beaten Rose by, you know, through taking her down. And Rose was clearly just terrified of the takedown through the whole fight. So they literally just stood and looked at each other for 25 minutes. It, it, it was horrible. Um, Esparza didn't win clearly just enough to get the W. It was one of those where I think if they you know, could have made nobody the winner, they would have. Zhang has fought for the title before. And, you know, she's lost to Rose Yamayunis. But... <laughs> I, to me, I'll, I'll go first on this one. It's a pretty clear fight, clear, clear fight to me in that one of the things that makes uh, Zhang as tough, Wei Li as tough as she is, is her strength. She's extremely big and extremely strong for this weight class where she's not going to be too concerned about Carla taking her down. She holds a big advantage on the feet, a big advantage in the power department. And I really struggle to see this fight going any other way than a Whaley knockout, p- p- probably early, first or second round. John, you can go next on this one. Yeah, I'm I'm going with, with Whaley too. Uh, that 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 was a a lot more impressive. They're both coming off, you know, they both beat two uh, legends in their last fight, uh, you know, for female legends Rose, but 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 Way's uh, knockout over uh, over Joanna that was the uh, that that was quite impressive. So I'll, I'll I'll go with her by knockout. Senior. Yeah, she's. I mean, the, the champ for Carl is the champion, but she's a pretty heavy underdog. I mean, she does have a path to victory. The path to victory would be turning it into a wrestling match and possibly submitting Zhang or just dominating on the ground. But I think that's going to be hard for her because Whaley may not have as as much skill on the mat as Carla. But she's so physically strong that I think she could she could overcome it if she gets taken down. She can survive it, and she'll destroy her on the feet. So I agree. I I 100% agree. Whaley by knockout. All right, and then last but certainly not least, Israel Adesanya against Alex Pereira. Very interesting fight in that. Adesanya's last few performances, he's been criticized for being boring, kind of playing keep away. Um, just base, basically his his path to victory, right, is his, his easiest path to victory against most guys, right? Is if he keeps the fight standing, he's the best he's the best kickboxer, stand up fighter in the in in the UFC. Well, might not be the case in this one. So Alex Pereira, um, only seven mixed martial arts fights, but notably in his kickboxing career, has fought and beaten Adesanya twice. Once by just a vicious knockout. And that that storyline is the reason he has this title shot. He was fast-tracked to the title. Um, I think the thought being from Dana that if there's one guy in the whole UFC who's going to 
create a exciting fight with Izzy and a captivating fight with Izzy, this is the guy because just like Izzy, it's been shown if you stand with Pereira, you don't want to stand <laughs> with Pereira. Sean Strickland stand with Pereira. Strong Sean Strickland, a very good stand-up fighter. Sean Strickland starched in two or three minutes. So really, really compelling, interesting fight with the backstory. John, what are your thoughts and your pick? Even even though I haven't seen uh, Pereira uh, fight too much, uh, uh, based on that history, I'm uh, I'm going to go with that Alex in the uh, in the upset. Uh, every fighter uh, has their has their reign of domination, and then uh, all of a sudden it comes to an end. And uh, I, I think it's going to come to an end for Izzy here. Uh, 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 Pereira by uh, by decision. All right, senior. I see, I see two possible scenarios. The first one being that um, Izzy keeps him at range. I see it as a kickboxing match. That's one thing. I don't think either guy's going to attempt to wrestle. Neither one of them can wrestle. They, they're both kickboxers. I mean, Izzy has great takedown defense, but and that's how he can always win standing up. But this, I don't see Pajeda attempting to take him down. He wants to stand up and slug with him. I see one the possible outcome of Izzy by decision by kind of like a Floyd Mayweather fight where he score, he he sticks and moves and doesn't get hit and scores in maybe a kind of a boring fight where he hits Pajeda enough to get the decision and he he just doesn't get hit. Because he can't. This this guy hits like an absolute truck. Um, I have a picture. It's still in my phone of his last fight against Strickland in Vegas, where he made weight at 185 pounds. And then the following day, he entered the octagon. I looked at it today, so I know I'm exact at 219. So in less than 24 hours. He gained 34 pounds. And if you saw him walk into the octagon, there wasn't an ounce of flab on him. It's all muscle. I mean, it's absolutely insane. So Izzy's going in there in a kickboxing match. He's a natural 185. He doesn't he doesn't hit the octagon much heavier than what he weighs in at. He's going in against a heavyweight. I mean, a light heavyweight is 205. These guys are middleweights. And this guy goes in at 219. It's insane. And he, he hits like an absolute truck. And he, the vicious knockout he scored of him in kickboxing, I know it's a long time ago when they were younger, but this is the same, it's essentially the same sport, except in that fight, they were wearing 12 ounce gloves. In this one, they're wearing four ounce gloves. I mean, he knocked him pretty much unconscious with a left hook with 12 ounce gloves. What happens if he catches you with four ounce gloves? So the other possible outcome is a knockout by Pajeda. And that's, that's what I'm predicting. I'm predicting it's a five round fight. And I think he's skilled enough that he's eventually going to hit him. And if he catches him with a big shot, it's over. So th- I think those are the two most likely scenarios. But my scenario is Pajeda knocks him out. All right. So I've gone I've gone back and forth on this one um, quite a bit. And here here's where I've landed. I, I think I think Adesanya, because of the backstory. A lot of people making the same pick that you guys are making. I think he comes in with really with something to prove. And I don't know that 
we're talking boring decision senior. I think I think he's going to go in there and stand in the pocket with this guy. He's the most he's the most elusive fighter probably, you know, since Anderson Silva. He might be more elusive than than prime Anderson Silva with the with hit hit and don't be hit. But he does have true knockout power. And the same thing you said about Pereira applies to Adesanya. Four ounce gloves, right? And I mean, Adesanya has knocked plenty of guys out in the UFC. Anybody, anybody who's been willing to stand, you know, to, you know, to go for broke and stand with him, he has gotten knocked out. Pereira is going to be there. I think, I think this is the fight of the night. I think you're going to see ebbs and flows, and it's going to be the highest level striking match in the history of the UFC. And I don't love Adesanya, but. I do respect him, and I think he's not getting quite enough respect as as the champion here and with the run he's been on. And I think he knocks out Pereira in the fourth round. Can't wait for Saturday night, but <laughs> I do I do think a blast. I I, I you know and. Maybe maybe it's like fool me once with Izzy on being an exciting fight, but if there's one guy that's going to bring it out of him. It's this guy. And Adesanya has shown to be tough before, too. His fight with Kelvin Gastelum was a was a real, real slugfest, drag out. A lot of bombs landed. Both guys taking punishment. And he came out and won the fifth round in a round he needed to win to win the fight. And it wasn't by dancing. So he's he he's a tough guy. And to you to your point, senior, Pereira's got the kind of power where if he hits him with that left hook the lights go out and no matter how tough you are, the lights go out. But is he rolls? Well, you know, he's going to be looking for that after the way their last fight ended that I just, I, I, I just think it's easy. I think it's easy, but really can't wait for it. It's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. We're we'll take some pictures of the three man booth and Bobby. Um, we'll try to, we'll try to, prevent senior from rushing the cage during the intros to Chandler Poirier, John, you're on, you're on, you're up first with holding him back. And then me and Bobby can come in as, uh, as support. Good luck with that. And, and up and down the card, it's a great card. And it's a, it's a night that I personally look forward to um, all year guys. So, but as much because of the company as because of the event, so really looking forward to it. And I would encourage all the listeners to pony up the 60 or 70 bucks and, and tune in, even if you're, you know, kind of a, uh, not, not an every card UFC fan. This is definitely one that you would want to want to spend the cash on. Absolutely. Thought it doesn't get any better than this. No. So any parting shots guys? Uh, let's give a shout out to, uh, our boys, uh, we're no longer the top uh, sports show on the network, uh, on the North-South Connection. Uh, Andrew Reich and uh, Mike Rossi did an excellent uh, NCAA preview. It was uh, two hours worth, uh, which was fitting because both of us uh, went to our, our home openers. Uh, you guys got to see a nice uh, Sweet 16 uh, banner raised at the uh, at the AMP. Uh, yes, sir. Oh, yeah. yes. And uh, yeah, you had a little a, a game that was a little tighter than uh, you'd like, of course, for a typical Friar fashion. They pulled it out. 
And uh, I got to see my usual uh, red storm uh, slog through a game. Um, the usual problems that exist where you know, they, they give up the when, when you're watching the game, you, you see the, the other team's best shooter. Now, that's how that's how college is. Uh, the other team's best shooter. In, when they get the ball, they run to the uh, the corner for, the, for that easy three pointer. And, uh, you know, I, I watch my team, uh, you know, let, let it go. If, he, if an idiot like me could see it from the stands and, and they let the leave the guy alone wide open and. In the corner, so it's going to be a rough year with uh, 29 turnovers, uh, not too an impressive first victory. So, another mediocre year for the Red Storm. Uh, that's my forecast here. Uh, how, how did you guys like the uh, uh, some of the new uh, recruits on uh, on the Friars? Uh, oh, they look good. They look good. Hopkins is a Bryce Hopkins looks like a beast. He he didn't have a great game finishing around the rim, but he was kind of getting there at will. So I feel like that was kind of an anomaly. Um, they just need to improve their free throw shooting. It was like god awful. Like I, I literally could have gone out there and done better. Senior. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the encouraging thing is that they got to the line 43 times. I mean, they were attacking the basket. The discouraging part was they only made 26 of the 43 free throws. But yeah, I saw a lot to be encouraged about. They, they, they put up a big front line. They, I don't think too many teams are going to be able to match up with us up front. So. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's going to be fun. I mean, it's 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 as talented as last year's team, and as Cooley says, you know, it's a, it's a new group together with all the transfers. It's the same kind of thing. It's are they going to gel like that team did? That's that's the challenge, and we'll see. All right, guys. So great show, fans. Feel free to reach out about football or the UFC because we're not one-trick ponies here. But really looking forward to seeing you guys in person and should get home about three hours before kickoff from (laughs) Munich. So it's going to be a great day. So for John and for Senior and the Cowboy, and I'm going to be out as soon as I And we are out.